Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and if face-to-face is best, pod-to-ear is a very close second. Dave is here to tell us the power of the lost art of physical presence. But before we get into last week's sermon, now that they've pre-ordered their coffees like a couple like-baiting, news-jacking avatars, let's welcome in our favorite chatbots, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. day. Like-baiting. I get it. Yeah. Took yeah. me a minute. Hey, it's the last week of our social or our technology series. I had to throw in all the like Get lingo. It all out there. Yep. Yeah. That I could. Dave's here. Hey. Welcome. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Dave is currently eating uh zombie Skittles. And the last two I took were okay. Okay, so Should I keep zombie doing Skittles, it? if you don't know, I didn't know until about a week ago, but most of the Skittles in the package are fine. There are a few that taste rotten. Are you just going to eat them throughout the show yeah. and let us know? I'll let you know <laughs> when I get them. Enjoy yeah, so. the sounds. Oh, man, the suspense. Yeah. The uh, sounds of close, close mouth eating. <laughs> uh, guys, big news. Yeah? yeah? This is our 100th episode. <laughs> is it possible to be any more enthusiastic than that? Yeah. So this... <laughs> We did it. We did it. Two years, basically. Wow. Congratulations. Between Sundays, it's been a blast. This is our last episode ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, yeah. What's the earliest soundbite you have? Um, probably. Gird your loins? No, it is, uh, it is uh, this one. This is Sorry. really hard, you guys. <laughs> that was from like early on. one. Yeah. Day one. Oh, wow. so we had big aspirations for this episode. Listeners contributed ideas and none of those were taken into consideration because none of us had time no, to actually like it's sad. entirely too busy ramp up production on this so i apologize but we're just gonna you know play the hits this hey. is dave just ate a rotten one i think i did <laughs> this is we, what I wish you know we what we need yeah. facebook live you could see dave's face we need a new pod prod because seriously we yeah. miss the days when emily was oh emily shout out to emily she was just rocking the yeah. pod and she helped us out with a lot of the she pulled clips for us yeah she did all that kind of stuff it was great now tyler pretty much has to do it all <laughs> while he's doing Jake. his job um enough about that congratulations <laughs> to everybody yes yeah. congratulations we did it uh how are you guys what's new how was thanksgiving well i want to hear about pie what did you call oh, it pie-mageddon pie-mageddon yeah it was good. I I went with I went with five pies this year. You wow. made five pies. Five pies once again. Isn't that against the law to transport that many pies across state, state. lines? It's tricky. <laughs> I'll tell you. I have those big like plastic kind of cake containers, pie containers. Yeah. They take up entirely too much cabinet space. Yeah. But I keep them for, for one this day reason. out of the year when I've got to transport five pies yep. four hours into Illinois. What. Uh... What'd you make? Same as usual? Or? Same as usual. So um, if you've been a friend of the pod for yeah. for a minute, you might have heard me talk about these pies before, but I always make a pumpkin pie, just a standard one. Classic. Um, when I first got married, I think I made three different versions of pumpkin pie on the- Feed me! Yes. <laughs> and then let my family pick, like, what's what's your favorite? And then that is the that's the recipe we've stuck with for all these years. Does it have uh, sweet potato? No, I don't do a sweet potato pie. Hmm. I just do a, a pumpkin pie. 
Okay. Yeah, but you think... put like uh, oranges on it. Well, that's the second pie. There's oh. a standard pumpkin. There's a pumpkin meringue that has orange zest on top, which I think yeah. you called that cheese I'm when out. you saw a picture no, I'm of not, it. I'm not <laughs> participating in that. It's it's like one of well, it's my son's absolute favorite. We um we were talking about it the other day. I think in the context of a band rehearsal on Thursday night at the Fisher's campus, and he's like, "Oh, my mom's pumpkin meringue pie." So mm-hmm. really? I'll keep making it for the rest of my days just right. for my son, and then a Dutch apple pie. But last year and this year, last year I introduced to my Chicago land family a sugar cream pie. Oh, you did it! The Central Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? Come on. Stay resistance. I this uh-huh. year. So again, at a Thursday night rehearsal, we're all talking Thanksgiving foods, as we are known to do. Uh, and somebody said, well, sugar cream isn't the most traditional. It's, I guess what it's called is an old-fashioned cream pie, which, again, never heard of. Yeah, so I've never heard of that recipes either. for that, and that's what I ended up making. It's essentially, it's very similar to a sugar cream pie. But you have to churn the butter yourself. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's like half and half and heavy cream. So the, the batter itself is super liquidy, and it just takes a really long time to yeah. set. What's the binding element? Three tablespoons of flour and an egg. There it is. That's it. That's it. And mm. sugar and cinnamon, you're done. And s- no nutmeg? Um, No. <clears throat> okay. No. No. I actually put a splash of vanilla in mine just well. for kicks. Um, and then I made one in a graham cracker crust and one in a regular crust. And See? This is how cracker. we got to 100 episodes right here. Graham <laughs> <laughs> cracker was the <laughs> clear winner. No, I just... There are there are elements of being in central Indiana that are completely unheard of yeah. where I'm from and I think it's the curiosity that draws people to that pie in particular. So it was the they first one to go. loved it. Yeah. yeah. First one to go? Yeah, first one to go. They loved it. Wow. Next year pork tenderloin pie. Oh my goodness. I, what in the world? I have not well, been Indiana able to eat pork one. tenderloin. That's oh, yeah, I yeah. can't do it. And more often than not is this the way it's supposed to be? The tenderloin is about 5 times the yeah. size of the Side, bun. Yeah, you got to cut it. Just don't get it. I love it. I don't it, understand but... that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Deep dish pizza, that's my thing. Uh, Barry, Dave, did you guys do Thanksgiving together or we separate? Did. We did. This was the very first time that Olivia and I have been able to host a yeah. holiday at our house. At the farm. At the farm. Oh, and it was awesome. All of the eggs that were used. You're a grown up boy. Yep. I'm still a grown up boy. <laughs> all of the eggs that we used for all the different things that we were making uh, came from mirror feet. Away from yeah, from, from, Marge, from our chickens, Incredible. <laughs> from Marge, from Marge and Scarlett <laughs> yes. and Heather. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was really good food. It was awesome. My it was second batch of eggs. I know. Well, they've slowed down because it's winter. Wow. So right now we're at about I don't know an egg a day or two oh, per chicken. So good. No, no, no. Total. Oh, because they don't lay much in the winter. Mm. For, oh. I guess good reasons. You're trying to keep I that egg neither. warm. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it'll slow down. Then it'll kick back in in the spring. So. Um, anyway, okay, I, so you I'm guys doing, hosted. We hosted, and I had a really great Thanksgiving weekend. I did so much. I, I got so much work done on the table, the dining room table that I'm making. making. Your table that was awesome. And are I, you done with it? Are we sitting at it yet? No, no. There's still many hours of work, but it's oh. like I'm down to the point where I'm like making how to join the legs to the apron, and it's it's good. It's coming together. So I'm having a blast. Well, I can tell you about that. Oh yeah. What's yeah. your favorite joinery technique? Uh. Are you a more, 90, are you a mortise and tenon guy, or are you more of like a pocket, pocket. holes or dowels? Yeah, I, I just put the thing in the hole and glue it. Clamp. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah. Or you go to IKEA. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Allen wrench. There you. There it is. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I'm I'm genuinely curious. Okay, 
Barry, you guys didn't do a turkey, right? Or did right. you? We okay. did not. So what do you guys do if there's no turkey? Basically, this year our family was gracious and they did not bring any meat. They just let us do a vegetarian Thanksgiving and it was like what's like the feature? It's kind of like or is it just kind the of feature everything? is like a meal of like epic sides. So it's yeah. like you eat like a plate full of like nine sides. I and love it's, that. It was incredible. Like re- really, like it Liv really was really great. I didn't like, miss a turkey at all. Great. Yeah. How'd your turkey? You you deep fried or? No no no. No, we you don't deep roast fry. it. We smoked it. Oh, smoked yeah. it. That's, That's right. I smoked it. a turkey. Uh, this is my fifth or sixth year doing it. And uh, my mother-in-law, uh, I feel last year had an inferiority complex with her turkey because she makes like the big oven roasted mm-hmm. turkey. Golden and brown. I come with a smaller turkey, but it's smoked. And everybody eats yours first. Yeah. And so this year I said, I don't have to do it. I don't want to like embarrass <laughs> you. Like this is your house. We're going to your table. I don't yeah. need to like sh- do this again. And so I did it. And the first thing she <laughs> so says, what did she say to you when you said no, she's like, that. yeah, she's this like, is good. We, you just bring it. And then the first thing she says, like we do the prayer, everybody's like standing around holding hands, praying for the meal and stuff. And she says, Tyler and I are in a turkey contest. Oh, oh, oh uh, no. See? Yeah. I didn't know that, but. You won. Yeah. It, yeah, you are. I mean, it's no contest. Yeah. It's no contest. You Oven your versus and you won. Yeah, versus smoked. It's no contest. It is so, always good to be in a rivalry with your mother-in-law. Yeah, that's just a that's <laughs> just a life lesson me. right there. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, Thanksgiving was good. Um, I wasn't making a table or anything, but Lauren's family all comes in from out of town Thanksgiving. It's like bigger. It's a bigger deal family-wise yeah. than Christmas. Oh yeah. wow! And so. It's just four straight days of like 50 people in my grill. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, how many people did you have at your family Thanksgiving? Like 50. Yeah. We had 34. Yeah. It's just kids everywhere. We went to Top Golf all day. The next day, people went Black Friday shopping. Um, yeah. It played basketball with like 20 year olds. And I'm still, we played on Thanksgiving Day. That was almost a week ago. And I am still sore. It hurts to go upstairs. I think I've said this on the pod before. Yeah. 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 You do anything else physical with your life? I play basketball. (laughs) I couldn't move on Saturday. Uh, A lot of board games, but yeah. Well, we put up a Christmas tree. Have you guys got your trees up yet? Yes, sir. You got yours up, Dave? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, What's the tradition there? What do we do? do? I do the lights. Is it a real tree? Fake tree? No, it's fake tree. Okay. You Big do the tree, lights. I do the lights. Penny does everything else. That's okay. the bottom line. Do you have like a technique with the lights or is it just throw them on there? Yeah. I hope they look good. Uh, no, I have a technique. What is it? Can you share? Uh, he spins start, the tree really fast. And yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, st- I do each, yeah. each what? what? He said oh, okay. you spin it really fast. No, I do each layer and, and because it's a fake tree, you can reach in and mm-hmm. you know each layer you're doing. Yeah. And I start in the inside, and I do like an S out to the outside, and then the next one I did outside in, inside mm. out, outside in. So the so do you do all the way around the tree, 
I do one all the way around the tree, one level at a time. Okay. Because yours is in front of your picture window, right? It is, yes. Our tree is in a corner, so we can kind of get away with just yeah, a zigzag. Yeah, three quarters, yeah. No one needs to see I the back of that. it. But you have like a panoramic view. It's panoramic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. every year I do that, and it literally thousands, nope, hundreds of lights. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of lights. Do you do outdoor lights as well, or just no, stick we don't. In? No, we just do little lights on white lights everything if we have lights they're all white yeah so penny does ornaments yes and she's unbelievable yeah i bet of course she is of course i had an idea this as liv was putting up our fake tree i had this idea which is a very seven thing of me but i thought all right we've got all these we've got this farmland what if i planted a bunch of trees and then in (laughs) five or six years we could harvest our own christmas trees and then every year we plant a new one and then just keep doing it. That might be the best seven. How many years does it take to grow? Five or six if you go with one of the quicker growing ones. Do it. Does that give you some level of like different satisfaction than just going to get a tree? Other yes. than buying it? A little bit more because yeah. you know that you planted it with your own hands and, and ten- cut tended it. it. Oh, yeah. And cut and it cut and trimmed it. it. Oh, I think you need to do that. Yeah. It'd be cool. And it probably wouldn't be too much work. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't sound and then that doesn't the, sound fun to me. Then the one tree I'm that stab myself with a machete and then I will die. <laughs> and that may happen. Yeah, yeah, when you cut down your tree. I think in a hundred episodes that right there is my favorite sound clip. That one? That's the one. Yeah. That's a winner for sure. Although I think if you're taking a machete to a Christmas tree, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I think that just uh, from what I understand. Because what you need is a mortar and tenon. No, mortis. <laughs> mortis and tenon. So you guys have a fake Christmas tree. Yes. You have a fake Christmas oh, tree. Oh, yeah, yes. yours up. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't do anything. Liv, Liv did that all. I Who's more Christmas into Christmas? You, do you have yours It's up. fake. Do you have a real Christmas tree? Yeah. Wow. I didn't have a fi- I didn't. I grew up with a fake tree. As soon as I got married, it switched. Yeah. Lauren's super into the real tree. Oh, yeah. You guys make a big thing of it. Like going well, and getting the tree. Yeah. So we got a tree. Our stand broke last year. So we had to get a new stand. I was not familiar with the stand mm. that we purchased. Mm. Put the tree up. Took a while. And as Lauren says, like every dad has a fit of rage <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to put the tree up. A real tree in the stand uh-huh. and get like and the screws, right you're screwing exactly. it in, the yeah. bolts yeah. into the... I remember that. Oh my <laughs> goodness. And so I'm sitting there, Milo's, it's like his first, he's like, I just want to watch Dada put the tree in the thing. And I'm sitting <laughs> there just like fuming <laughs> that the things won't go into the trunk. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I'm trying to like have the Christmas spirit in front of Milo, but... Um, he's like, this Christmas? <laughs> like, Daddy's screaming at the tree. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we got it up, all decorated, put lights on. Um, it tur- Pregnant Lauren, it turned in, she likes, this is her thing. Th- this, is what sh- this is what she lives for all year, but she's yeah. tired right now. So it turned into Tyler putting the tree up and Milo finding like the unbreakable yeah. ornaments and him doing part of it. Okay. Yeah. So tree's up. We go to bed that night. All's well. So you hear a big crash. Yes! Oh! Well, I didn't hear anything. No, I was sound right asleep. Over. Lauren yeah. wakes me up, and she she goes, something just crashed oh, into no. our house. You, you need to get up and go look at it. Oh, no. Oh, and no. Most, most people, I don't know how, how you guys, like, if you're woken up in the middle of the night, are you, like, alert, or are you just kind of zombie-ish? Depends, but I'd it probably depends. be pretty if with alert. a crash. I'd say yeah, like, I'd be alert. Fear wakes me up pretty quickly. Okay, so if if your spouse woke you up and was like, 
I just heard something really loud in our house. You need to go see what it is. Like, are you like on edge or are you just kind of like, no, I'm on edge. It's usually like a rabbit knocked something over for me. So, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I was zombie. I was, I was just like, what? And I walked out my, I just, in my underpants, just walk out into the open house. There could have been a shooter. In my house. Oh, what worst case scenario. Wow. Well, if there's Sound a crash, like you think there's somebody in there. Well, I did. Not if well, you my just wife did. put up a Christmas tree. But no, I look out and, and the tree is just crashed into the floor. Oh. oh. That means there's water everywhere. Water's everywhere. It's, oh, ornaments are broken. Ornaments are broken. It's <laughs> two in the morning. So my fit of rage returns. Oh, no. Nobody else gets up to help. Uh, so Meaning I'm just, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> All right, how else are you going to put those unbreakable ornaments back on there? So I'm sitting there oh. trying to reassemble oh. the tree in the middle of the night like it's a real tree. So I'm getting poked oh, yeah. with the pine needles mm-hmm. and water's all over me. Well. And th- I'm stepping in glass. And it turns out I look over and there's an ornament that is very sentimental to Lauren oh, that no. is just shattered oh. all over the floor. So See? hopefully next Christmas we'll have a better memory with the Christmas tree. But th- so far... This Christmas tree is is haunted. <laughs> yeah. Or okay. So the moral is Christmas is bad. Is that <laughs> yeah. What you're moral is exactly. don't skimp on a Christmas tree stand. Yeah. You gotta you get, gotta the, get, the, you gotta nice get the elite stand, man. I don't know if there's like anchors that we could put, but I, I'm just waiting for it to fall back <laughs> over. Okay. You know you're gonna get about a thousand people calling you about this now. Please do. About how to keep it from falling. Yeah. Yeah. What if? What if? Somebody who's standing next to it. Well, so my favorite Christmas picture of all time, as it pertains <laughs> oh, to no. my kids, was them sitting on the couch. And at the time, the tree was set up behind the couch. And it had fallen over, made a giant noise. The kids had the face of shock. And I told them not to move. And uh, I took yeah. a picture of this moment because we have an ornament that says peace or peace on earth or something <laughs> like that. And it fell in front of my children at just the most perfect place to take this picture of chaos. Peace on earth. Oh my goodness! It's the best. They were like yeah. little. We need super to see cute. that picture yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I gotta find that picture. Um, Marin, you guys recently brought a new Christmas decoration oh, into your house. Lord have mercy. What's going on? Lord what happened? Have mercy. <laughs> I didn't know you were seriously gonna bring that up. Oh my goodness! So every- well, I have a prompt here. It says, uh, <laughs> "Why do you snuff out Jed's Christmas spirit?" Why do I snuff out Jed's Christmas spirit? <laughs> Oh, oh I didn't know what you were talking about until just now. Oh, oh man. So, okay. Occasionally, when something delightful, when something of any noteworthiness happens in my life, I will send a text to these guys and tell them, what's the, what's the newest thing going on in the Gaffern <laughs> house? And this week, this week, a package came to our back door from Amazon, and my husband got really excited and just started searching for batteries. He's looking everywhere for batteries. And then finally... He had not opened the box yet. No, he, he, he knew exactly what it was. <laughs> I don't order things that come in boxes. Like, okay. go to stores. But he's the online shopper. So he gets his batteries and calls the family. He gathers us around our kitchen <laughs> island. Our kitchen island. And he has us stand there. And he's doing this really big to-do type unveiling. He's got some item behind the Amazon box. And he's like, okay, I've wanted one of these since last year. And then he does like a slow. So he's been waiting eleven months for this. Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's a twerking Santa Claus. It's a Santa Claus that like shakes his little tush. (laughs) He couldn't have been more excited about this item. And my son's face was just 
utter confusion. My <laughs> daughter's face was horror. And I was just like, this is the thing. And I, I can say with all certainty that in 17 years of marriage, he's never purchased a Christmas decoration. And Never. this, this, but this is, is first. This is the thing. This is the one. This Gird your loins. <laughs> that, that right there. The does it play music? Santa. Oh, it sure does. Okay, so What's why was he so excited about this, and why were you guys so appalled? <laughs> I, think, I think it was just shock. It was utter shock that of all the things, it was kind of like, do you remember Billy the Big Mouth Bass? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was like one of those. Like yeah, but I everybody just, loved that. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like the Tickle Me Elmo. Like, it just was... Kind little motorized thing. Quirky thing. I just never would have thought that that's. But it sounds like the, the reason why that was so. If he had just been like, "Hey guys, I got this. I thought this would be funny," but the fact that he like he built did, it up and had the big reveal. reveal we just and we nobody not, was impressed. We did not match his enthusiasm. And so now, you, you, well, you said as a text, and you said, "Guys, this is Jed's leg lamp." Yeah, <laughs> it was because the whole family just stood there. Just in dismay, kind of scratching their heads. You did what? And so where where is it now? Where so is he putting Sunday, it? At some point Sunday, I was on Facebook and I saw that Jed had posted this thing for sale to Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and the listing said something to the effect of, my family didn't share my enthusiasm. I'd like to see this go to a family that will appreciate yeah, it. Oh, of course. Oh, gosh. Such She's just sitting in the corner on his <laughs> phone. All therapy. around me are familiar faces. <laughs> family that will appreciate it doesn't let anybody know he's putting it for sale <laughs> doesn't let anybody know he bought it oh. it's just living in his own shame I mean, I absolutely we have to keep it now we just well, so you're to. keeping it i think we need to well, because it has a story it has a story <laughs> it does and he he referenced for longtime listeners of the pod yeah that if i get to keep my plate on display mm. I, all year yeah all year, year. Long, that's right you can have this twerking rump, rump santa. santa i agree all year <laughs> All year long. Yeah. We don't decorate with Santa. Like, we don't have a single Santa decoration. I think well, that's now why, you do. That's why yeah. it was such a shock to me. Like, you, what? What? But now we do. This thing will be passed down for, for, <laughs> for generations. <laughs> Your great-great-grandchild will be, like, putting in, like, double-A fusion cells to, like, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So, we're moving fast into Christmas season, and then... I'm going to have another baby. Yes. Oh, boy. That was, that, January? That, that was the reality that kind of hit us yeah. over the weekend. As it's your like, tree came crashing We're off to down. the races. Yeah. We're <laughs> off to the races, and starting in January, it's like countdown to baby. Oh, number two. Man. January. January. Yeah, middle of January. Wow. So, all's well, but it's going to fly by, and mm. I, for one, do <clears> not <throat> feel completely ready. Does anyone ever feel completely ready? Well, I just mean like physically, like the room is not ready. The house... Yeah. Yeah. Did you keep all all the stuff? Yeah, I think we got all the stuff. Just put it in a box somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is Milo ready? He, who knows? Does he even have an awareness of what, uh, what's we about ask to him where's his world? Where the baby's name will be uh, Lane. And so we ask him, who's in Mama's belly? And he says, baby Wayne. <laughs> Aw. <clears throat> so who knows if he knows what that means, but we'll see. Yeah. Off Is to Lane the races. a family name? Yeah, it's uh, Lauren's mother's maiden name. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are wrapping up our last weekend of our sermon series, The Good Life, f- focused on technology. And Dave is here because you gave a great sermon about 
face-to-face relationships and how that relates to um, our relationship with technology and uh, the benefits and um, consequences of technology versus face-to-face interactions and encounters. Um, can you kind of give us a rundown or the big idea of what you wanted sure. people to walk away with after the sermon? Uh, the big idea is we all know it's rather indisputed, undisputed, undisputed, undisputed at this point that technology and um, our tools and our screens push us away from each other, cause yeah. move us towards isolation for various reasons and uh, truncates our conversation with one another and on and on. And so if we're going to um, engage our mm-hmm. technical world or our world of big data and all that, we're going to have to be intentional in being face-to-face, Yeah, which is best. Have you seen, there's a, there's a Christmas commercial that just came out about a, a young man going to somebody's front door, knocking on the door and essentially responding to his text, but in person. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's a, I don't know what it's advertising, but it's somebody sends a text and then the guy is like knocking on his door mm. face to face to answer that text. And the guy who answered is just like, why are you here? No, you, you he's could've... like, come on in. And then they started hanging out. And I thought that was perfect. That's kind of just what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, and then it fast forwards a little longer and they're both on the couch on their phones. <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. 10 minutes later, yeah. both on their phones. Um, yeah. Base, technology. I mean we've talked over five weeks that it basically enhances, like you said, isolation. Um, it raises the anger level of the culture yeah, that we're that's, in. That's another result because, <clears throat> yeah. because of distance, uh, like the best quote that I saw was in the Atlantic magazine article I quoted where they said, the fact is if, if we were as angry and as mm. boorish face to face with one another, we wouldn't, we wouldn't put up with it. Right. With our friends, we yeah. would we would just either walk away or, you know, chide them or whatever it was. Mm. But the fact is, you can be boorish and angry and furious online, mm-hmm. and it gets you more shares and more likes. It's yeah. it it just it perpetuates anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it hit me because we've also talked like everyone's anxiety levels are through the roof. Everybody's stress is through the roof, and it hit me that. It's not just because we're stressed about our own lives. It's we're seeing everybody else yeah. be stressed online. Yeah. That it enhances our stress, but venting on social media kind of in the moment makes us feel better. But long term, the bad mood that we're in or everybody's in just perpetuates more mm. stress. Yeah. If I if I'm online and I see Marin's also venting online, I'm now stressed out about your stress. And so everybody's just like yeah, through the roof it's and anxiety. Exponential. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the bottom line was uh, there are benefits to face to face encounters. Yeah. And I gave three of them. That's how I wrapped up the message were three benefits to face to face encounters that you will not get by a continuing conversation only um, through technology. Yeah. And so, what were those three things? Uh, touch. Mm hmm eating together, and the presence of Jesus. So the presence of Jesus is the yeah, is the, the one that... It deserved a caveat. Yeah, a caveat. So because can, when you're alone, we're experiencing the presence of Jesus wherever we walk. Yeah. But there's a peculiar level of the presence of Jesus when we're together. Mm-hmm. And eating together uh, seems to be a lost 
not art, but a lost uh, habit or a lost tradition in our culture right now? Well, there's a lot of eating together, a lot, a lot of fast food eating together. I just, Barry and I just came from lunch with a couple other pastors and what we ate in about 20 minutes and then we were out the door Yeah, because, but eating together the way I was describing it and the way Jesus provided breakfast on the beach for his, his friends and his followers is something that takes time to prepare and takes time to eat and takes time to clean up. Mm-hmm. And there is this, essentially it's time face to face. Yeah. And there's a, there's an element of lingering Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. missing from, I had lunch yesterday with somebody, mm-hmm. but it was an hour and a half Yeah, in and out, you know, we all had places to be. Yeah. The best like connection points throughout my life is when either somebody comes over and they sit down and eat with me or I go to someone's house and that happens. And then it's like, Hey, you want some coffee? Like after, yeah. after yeah. dinner. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, let's keep I'm welcome out. here. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, we're going to continue to connect and that those are the best relational moments oh, of yeah. my life. I had someone over, uh, a friend that played, uh, with me this past Sunday came over, uh, and had lunch with me and Jed after church. And I just, I had a ton of leftovers and that's what we ate, just mm. leftovers. And I had a moment thinking, oh wow, usually I've, I've got to, you know, think of what I'm going to cook for whoever's coming. And it right. kind of turns into a stressful thing. But we just had some leftover soup and hmm. uh, about five hours of conversation thereafter. Wow, yeah. Um, <laughs> just that kind of thing you're describing, Tyler, just hanging out. And it made me realize how simple it can be and that it doesn't have yeah. to be a big, a big stressful ordeal. It, it doesn't. And it's uh, eating together is a subset of hospitality. And hospitality is the key where I, I go out of my way to provide an environment for you to feel safe in, feel relaxed in, and in relationship with me. That That's what hospitality is. Yeah. And I could have said hospitality instead of eating together, but as right. a benefit of face-to-face. <clears throat> I don't know which is which comes first, the eating together or the face-to-face. Desire for face-to-face, so we eat together? I don't know. Well, and it's interesting because you mentioned FaceTime, and that's sort it, of face-to-face. It, it is, but it isn't. Um, it's been interesting FaceTiming with Henry of course, he's not old enough to understand that, first of all, he hears our voice, but I'm not sure he can say, oh, look in the screen, there's Papa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say FaceTime FaceTime is one of the great benefits of technology. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. Unless we use it as a way to stay apart. I don't know. But Well, there's a, throughout the series, we've talked, and we keep saying it, like we're not going to burn it all to right. the ground. We're not going to walk away from it's. It's, it's almost impossible. It's, it's almost impossible. It's impossible. Right. Uh, it would be like, like asking whether or not I am for or against like digital technology would be like asking our ancestors if they're for or against fire. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I th- you could yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've always, as a hum- as humanity, we've always found ways to just not just like adopt technology, but adapt to it. And I, it, I think the jury's still out in terms of what the, the influence of internet and this digital technology has as a impact on our, on who we are hum, as mm-hmm. humanity, yeah. but we're adapting to it. And, um, the question is how much, how hard are we willing to work? Yeah. 
to that's do the face-to-face thing? How hard are we willing to work to remember that we're on a mission? How hard are we willing to work um, to remember that Sabbath is important? Like, that is all the work. The easy stuff, like you said, is just to not bother with it and just go along with the wave. Yeah. Well, Barry, you came up with the with the big idea or the phrase "face to face is best," mm-hmm. and I'm sure well, maybe you could clarify. I'm assuming what you were thinking when you wrote that was, "Okay, texting's okay. Yep, uh, voice conversation is good, but face to face is best." That, is that what yep, you were? That's thinking? exactly what I was thinking. That's why, yeah, that's why I use the word "best" because mm-hmm. I'm not saying we need to abandon everything, but yeah, we have to. You know, we have to consider different ways of engaging with one another. It, what, Tyler, with what you just said, I, it makes me think of like the industrial revolution Yeah, when all of a sudden steam power or whatever. And so like you go back to like Victorian London and it's just like nasty smog. Every, it's like everybody's dying of like lung disease. It, yep. it was like, okay, mm-hmm. we took the benefit of a new technology and completely went overboard. And it took generations to begin finding ways to use that technology mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't destroy our society yeah. and so i think it's a similar thing with all this stuff and we unfortunately are living in the smog choked streets i think maybe our great grandkids will have a much healthier reality with technology yeah. i could be wrong but i hope so i hope so too uh i was reading an article i think bbc published it that said you know four billion people have Computers, obviously, they're, they're phones, handheld devices that possess more computing power than the U.S. National Aeronautics and Space Administration used to send people to space. Yeah. To the moon back in the 60s. Like, our phone has more power than... It has that. a lot more power. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's insane! Cal- that is insane! Yeah. The calculator app on your phone has <laughs> more power. That is crazy! Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I didn't add to my timeline of, you know, radio, TV... Probably the microprocessor yeah, is one yeah. thing that that changed everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I also read that social media in this digital world is often is considered by some experts to be more addictive than like cigarettes or alcohol mm. because of all the things that we've talked about over yeah. five weeks, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the the dopamine right. hits that our brain gets is different than yeah. Just a reminder, it's not dopamine is not the pleasure; it is the repetitive thing. In other words, once I get a dopamine hit, I want another dopamine yeah. hit. Not so much oh that felt good, but yeah. I want another. I want another. It's the it's the potato potato chip. Potato chip. Yep, yep. I'll remember that forever because that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. What do you guys do in your own lives to work hard in creating face-to-face interactions with people? What do you guys do personally? I don't know that I feel I work hard enough at it. Mm. Um, But then I can look back over even the last two weeks and I've had maybe probably four or five lunches with people. Um, So maybe maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit, but... Mm. Um, I feel like there are people that are definitely more outgoing than mm-hmm. I am. Um, but when I do have a, you know, face-to-face interactions, I think I prefer it to be one-on-one yeah. or, or something smaller like that. Yeah. I, um, where I struggle is not for what I do as a pastor, I have plenty of face-to-face encounters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots. And that's, 
my calling, all right, okay, um, where I really struggle is on the face-to-face encounters that give that um, give me the greatest joy. Yeah. That are fulfilling to my soul. Not that sounds bad. Like every all the other stuff, I doesn't fulfill my soul. But I'm Penny and I. We find ourselves perpetually looking at each other, going, "Okay, when are we going to set a dinner with X, Y, Z? We we haven't been together with them in a long time. Let's Mm. get when's when's the last next time the family's going to be together? Yeah. And and it's always a battle. Mm -hmm. Why is it? Why is it a battle to get the face to face time with the with the people you love and who fill you up. Why is that? I'm about? glad that you said that. I don't feel I don't feel so alone in that anymore. Well, that is the absolute truth. It is. The people the closest to me are the hardest to yep to schedule. Yep, as it were. Yeah. Why is that? That's a great question. I think maybe there's in my life an element of like maybe I don't want to say tyranny of the urgent, but just I like think, I'll do it later. I think there's a pressure of especially within our line of work is like meeting in the here and now and when they can and maybe it's easier to just know that family is always there Mm. and so you know whatever my day holds i know that jed's gonna be there at 11 o'clock at night yeah or whatever yeah yeah so here's a thought i wish i would have said in the message it's just hitting me because of what you said marin um i don't know it's it's like it's like social media and technology came along at just the time when I feel this urge to be alone because I'm so worn out. Mm. And I wonder which has perpetuated the other. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because I, right now, I cherish my alone time as much as I ever have in my life. Maybe not cherish, I crave alone time as much as I ever have. And I think technology almost endorses it. Hmm. And so the idea of, all right, do we invite a bunch of people over that would give us great life? Like having you guys over the last time, that was a while ago when you were all over. It was a blast. It was life-giving. It was Hmm. joyful. And we're like, when can we get the pod crew over again? And then I realized, (laughs) ah, it would be good to have an evening alone too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Right? And, And it's stupid. Yeah, because I think I would have it would build me up more to be with you guys than for me to sit, <laughs> yeah, on my own. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I, I wonder what's changed that it's be it's become like that. And the, the two things that come to mind are one, perhaps we are busier because there's so much more that we could be doing at yeah. any moment. Like on No Screen Saturday, I found myself getting a lot more done than I wanted to get done than I normally do because I didn't fill the times in between everything with a quick check of Instagram and a quick. So I wonder if just having access to all this technology is forcing us to spend more time running around and that therefore is making us feel exhausted and we don't have the energy. But the other thing I wonder is, uh, okay, back when I just, I'm trying to think back to like high school when I didn't (laughs) have, you know, you'd actually have to pick up a phone and call somebody to like see them if it wasn't during regularly scheduled stuff. I wonder if just back then alone time really was alone and it it helped to helped you feel like, okay, I've gotten my alone time and I'm ready to be back with people now. But now even alone time, rarely is it really alone because mm-hmm. you're you're that's reachable, true. you're texting people, yep. Yep. you're interacting on social media. Yep. Right. So I wonder if that's part of it too, where it's like you're never actually alone. So even when you are alone, it doesn't fill you up like it used to. 
Well, and for me, being alone is Fridays on my day off when Jed is at work and the kids are at school and I can get caught up on work. Right. Yeah. So even when I'm alone, I'm working mm-hmm. yeah. in front of a screen. And no screen Saturday was the slowest day in the history of days. (laughs) I cannot believe how much I read. Yeah. Yeah. I like had two straight hours of reading. Yeah. 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 And so that has to be true that uh, it distracts us and it just keeps us busy. Yeah. Just gives us like things to look at and that passes time and it feels like we have no time for anything else. But as soon as you shut that out, it was, it was hard. No screen Saturday forced me to put work away and spend time with my family. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Barry, what do you what do you do to work to make sure you have face to face interactions? I that struggle ma- that I, matter and are meaningful to you. I, I struggle with this because um, I know how important it is, but I also struggle so much with this feeling of like, man, if I've got time off, if I've got an evening, I just really would love to not. I'd love to go just work on my table right now, yeah. you know, or I'd love to go, you know, shovel compost. And so one of the things that I'm trying to right there with you, I know you, I know you, that's like <laughs> your favorite. So one of the things that I'm trying to discipline myself to do, and I've only done it a couple times is to actually invite other people to join me doing mm-hmm. the things mm-hmm. like I, I had someone over to help me like shovel horse manure and lay down some garden beds the other day. Like that, I can do that. I just had yeah. to. I just tend to be insecure thinking like no one wants to come and help me on the farm. People yeah. probably would, but they, I don't, I don't want to force someone to come over and like shovel stuff, but yeah. I don't know. That to me is like something I'm considering working on trying to move that direction, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tricky. Like even this, the, I had a, the past couple of days I had some, some flexibility. And so I, I just luxuriated in being able to work on the table for vast stretches of time. I probably should have then turned around and said, okay, now that I've spent the day working on the table this evening, I should spend time with people. But instead I just kept working on the table. Well, yeah. And, or like <laughs> watched a show with yeah. Olivia and went to bed. So I don't yeah. know. I I'll be the first to admit I'm, I struggle with this and I'm still mm. trying to figure out how, and it's a bit of a holdover too, from when I was in world next door, I was traveling like five to six months out of the year intermittently. And so I would try, I'd have my small group. That was kind of my one steady community. And then I had all these other, like anytime I'd try to do a social thing, I'd connect with some group of people and then I'd be gone for two months yeah. and I'd come back and they, they'd they forgotten all about me. And so I was like, so it's more comfortable for you to, I, I think I, I became more introverted yeah, almost out of necessity over those years. And now I'm trying to unlearn that. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being an introvert. I love being an introvert, but trying to actually realize that it's not best for me to only be mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on it. And again, being in the job that I'm in, I have plenty of interaction with people, plenty of face to face. I'm spending all day <laughs> staring into people's eyes, talking to them, but that's not necessarily work is not the same thing as like a social interaction that rebuilds you. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's something unique about the four of us sitting around this tables face to face interaction is every day of our lives. It's what we do. Um, My dad works from home. He owns his own business. And I mean, outside of my mom and my grandma, if he's not intentional, 
about yeah. going out there and, you know, getting lunch with a friend, which he's really good at doing yeah. that, by the way. But somebody who's in his situation is not in our situation where we are kind of craving this alone time because yeah. we get so little of it. I know I crave that. Yep. Sounds like as much as you do, Dave. I mean, yep. because it's such a respite from what we do in our normal day to day. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah. And then we get something out of that. But at the same time, I'm missing Honestly, I don't get a lot of joy being alone. Mm. I get a lot of rest being alone. I don't get, I get a lot of joy being with you guys. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, that's, maybe that's the, uh, the opposite of the anger and the fury that we're seeing on social media. You know, what we really need is joy, mm. not anger. Mm. And what we're getting is anger and not joy. Yeah. So but, I, but the being together, you're right. It takes it takes so much work to like coordinate calendars and yeah, plan a night off and unless what? it's spontaneous, like Sunday wasn't planned. You know, when yeah. when my friend came over for lunch, that was not planned at all, and yeah. it ended up just being this yeah. nice kind of relaxed situation where we hung out. When you're talking about having people shovel manure or whatever, yeah. compost on yeah. your farm, um, one of my friends will come over. And just help me cook. And even if that just means like, hey, I've got two butternut squashes, notoriously difficult to, to cut. How yeah. about you cut one and I'll cut one and we'll stick them both in my freezer. And she's more than happy to just I'll, chill I'll cut and your do butternut stuff squash. like that. Anytime yeah. you need a cut, I've got a method down. I, zip, that's what we had for do dinner last gloves. night. It's just it's your fingers get all orange and then the stuff dries and you've got this weird, ah, that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that is what butternut yep, squash is. That's what it does. Tyler, like do you have that. strong opinions about butternut squash cutting <laughs> techniques? No, for this entire conversation, I've thought we've been, I've been picturing spaghetti squash. Oh, I don't no. even know what oh. a butternut squash is. You don't? It's the no. gourd looking one. It's the gourd. But what like- is it? I don't know what it tastes like. Sweet oh. and delicious. Oh, I think there's another pod hangout. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Come on Just over and I'm going to, yeah. I am going to roast up some. See, that's all it takes onions, is a little bit of maybe ignorance. Maybe throw in a few carrots and sweet potatoes. Oh, yeah. A little bit of ignorance brings people together. There we go. Um, so looking back over the whole five weeks we spent talking about technology, like what what do we hope people do tomorrow? Is just remember all five principles or is there something that we're like, if you if you remember, if you don't remember anything else, here's what here's how you can move forward. In your relationship with technology, what what would we say? For me, my biggest takeaway from this series is to think about what you're thinking about. Mm. It's just, we talk so much in our culture about awareness for this, that, or the other. Just a personal awareness of how you're being influenced so that you're not just kind of a zombie, yeah. kind of taking whatever comes at you through your different screens and medias just to evaluate yeah. What you're absorbing. Yeah. Think about what you're thinking about. That was my biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. I would say that idea, but blown up even bigger, just think about how you're using your technology. Think yeah. about why you're using it. Are you on a mission? Think about mm. like, are you, um, are you having your identity shaped by these things? Think about whether you are enslaved to things and you're addicted to things, you know, take breaks so you can think about your relationship mm-hmm. to technology. Think about what you're thinking about. And like, Think about the relationships in your life. It really, I think it's a call to intentionality. And most of the feedback that I've heard has been along those lines. People saying, you know, I never realized that this was 
fill in the blank. Or now yeah. that now I realize like I don't really want to do this, 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 or yeah. No Screen Saturday taught me that. So I think it's a matter of being aware. That's kind of the overriding sort of big idea is just think about our relationship to technology because so often we don't. Yeah. My biggest takeaway was uh I've not really ever thought about the, all of the things that are influencing me. And we, we've talked about um, even something like putting your phone on the table, mm. you know. Uh, during, when you're, during dinner. Yeah, during dinner when you're yeah. talking with somebody. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article today that says the person who puts their phone on the table, if there's, if there's a conversation between two people and one person has a phone on the table – that person is more likely to have a negative interaction with the other person than the person without the phone on the table. Mm. Because there's almost like a distraction and like, yeah, they're, they're not fully engaged either way. But the person without the phone on the table is more likely to have that positive interaction within that conversation. So my biggest takeaway was just like all of the things I'm doing in my life that I'm not really paying attention to how it's influencing me. Um. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the dangers of an unexamined life. Yeah. Mm. And we have to examine our lives. I mean that that's my takeaway. It's here's a I don't know if there's a one-to-one correlation on this. But since this series, my uh taste or desire for things like Twitter has plummeted. Mm-hmm. I have looked less at the social media. A- actually, it's I've looked more at Instagram and less at Twitter. Twitter is becoming a wasteland to me mm. of anger and vitriol. Mm. Even, even um, I follow a couple of the uh, writers who follow the, the Colts. And after this oh. game this past week, you know, and now there's like shouting matches over Twitter yeah. about Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback. And after all, I'm like, I'm, who, no, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. You know, don't touch me. That's right. Don't <laughs> None. Of, did I say that this past week? No, that was a oldie but a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, I have found my taste for those things going down, and I think it's because I'm all of a sudden realizing, oh, I really don't, I don't really want this. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, there's really no, like the the chances of something bad happening to you on Twitter are much higher than something good. Oh like, my. <laughs> Like, you're going to tweet something, the chances of negative feedback on that tweet mm. are much higher yeah. than positive. Mm. Unless you just follow, like, thoughts of dog and yeah. cute, cute emergency. That's the only yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you a few who you should not follow. I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm not going to say I'm it. Not gonna well, the say good it. news is I'm sure it'll all just get better <laughs> in the next couple months. Right? I read a cool quote. This morning, it just so happened, um, as I was scrolling along, um, I think it's, I don't know how you say his last name. It's Brian Zand or Brian Zond. Zond, yeah. Yeah, he said, before you can become an activist, you must first become a contemplative. Otherwise, you'll just be a reactivist. Hmm. And reactivists merely recycle anger and keep the world an angry place. Hmm. I feel like that is what we're seeing in social media. Mm -hmm. We're just all being reactivists Mm -hmm. and so again to stop and think about what you're thinking about yeah um 
Yeah, before you just recycle anger and keep perpetuating what's awful about this world. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I just think uh, you you we already alluded to this, but when you mentioned um, if people were just as angry in face to face interactions as they were online, nobody would want to talk to them. They'd mm-hmm. be what was the word uh, onerous or exhausting or something, yeah, something like, that. like that. Yeah, and and I I think about that. It maybe that's a tiresome tiresome. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe there's a a self reflective tool for you to read whatever. You're reading social media, anything, and imagine having a conversation where someone was acting that way or saying that face to face. Like, if you would be <laughs> really annoyed or turned off by that, like, yeah. what, like all that virtue signaling stuff, where people like tweet things, they're like, they're like, I think everyone should be respected, and blah, blah. and you're just like, yeah, oh yeah, of course, like, <laughs> okay, boomer, yeah. <laughs> if they, if that was the, if that was the kind of thing, like maybe as you're looking at your Twitter feed look at the different people and look at their last like 20 tweets and imagine yeah. if they were in a room with you saying all of those things would you still want to be with them if you wouldn't then stop following them <laughs> maybe that's how we should yeah. and and those people who are tweeting something every 30 minutes yeah would you just what's shut the up? deal with starbucks <laughs> lids you're like why uh, why did i give you fractions of a second of my time yeah so sounds like we got all the answers we nailed it yeah uh <laughs> Where do we go from here? I don't know. Let me check my phone. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing next, Barry? Well, we are we are entering into the Christmas cheer season. All we right. are talking. We are gonna look at the story of Christmas, and in some ways, this these are the classics, the yeah. classic stories. We are going to be talking about the the you know Zechariah and Elizabeth. We're going to talk about Mary. We're going to talk about baby Jesus and the mm-hmm. shepherds and the wise men and. Essentially, what we're doing is we're talking about how in the birth of Jesus, God revealed himself to us, to humanity, and not just to the kings and the big mucky mucks, but he revealed himself to ordinary people yeah. and and called them into the extraordinary. And so I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to feel a little bit like just kind of coming home for Christmas. Mm. Really cool stuff kind of behind the scenes we've been working on for the series. And um, I think it's just going to be, it's going to be warm and bright and it'll be a reminder of why we celebrate this every single year. And it has nothing to do with presents. It'll be a a lot of storytelling. Although there will be presents involved in some of it, but it won't be. Yeah. yeah, Anyway. But a lot of storytelling. And the way I'm uh, the way I'm kicking off the message this weekend is, um, for me, um, I know every now and then I need a story. I can get lost in a story, mm. and um, I want us to get lost in these stories again, and to find ourselves amazed at what happened, amazed at the people in the story, and comforted by the fact that God intervened in our world through these people. Yeah. So it's a lot of everyone sit down, grab a Bible. Let's. Let's tell the story again. Let's hear the story again. And watch the way it comes to life yeah. in a new way. Mm-hmm. I think so many times we take Bible stories like this and think we know it mm-hmm. and just kind of tune it out. But I think even myself, I'm still surprised at what illuminates um, when I dig into that story further. Yeah. Like like this week, Zechariah and Elizabeth, just one little piece of information. Clearly, they were close to 60 years old when when she got pregnant with John the Baptist, but 60 years old, which is old to have a child at any time, in that day would be more like 90 hmm. in our culture. Hmm. So imagine a 90-year-old woman mm-hmm. 
Oh my goodness. That's essentially what the story is is about. And yeah. just that little fact alone, you go, okay, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That I think I think I've been fast forwarding in my mind, knowing we're getting to this Christmas series, but we were in this technology series. I keep thinking about the shepherds, and I know I'm jumping way ahead and we will get there, but why did God reveal himself mm. to poor shepherds? Mm-hmm sitting in the great outdoors yeah. out and alone, not to the high and mighty and, or, or, or even to the educated. Why, why did he choose to reveal himself in that way to the shepherds? And now I think, now I'm picturing a bunch of shepherds sitting around on their phones. Would they have missed <laughs> oh, it? Oh no. <laughs> Would they have missed it completely? And I think that's just been a thought that's been challenging yeah. to me hmm. about, you know, being present, being aware. Um, hmm. Yeah. And, being contemplative, waiting for God to reveal himself and not missing it because I'm buried in the sand or my phone. Yeah, we're, we're entering into one of the most stressful times of the year, obviously. But I love that we're about to just kind of, as you said, kind of come home or bring it home. Because these stories, yeah, we may all are, we, we might all be familiar with them and to some degree. But I started doing like the Advent reading, like a different... Uh, piece of scripture each day for the whole month of December and man it just like it feels so familiar Mm. and comfortable and to enter into one of the most chaotic times of year knowing that we're going to be focused on like very familiar stories in a new light is really uh, hopeful for me or something yeah that's what that's what gathering together in December always feels like for me because yeah. the season is crazy and we're going to this party and that party and this family gathering and that Man, family gathering popular. and we're shopping, <laughs> we're doing all the things, but Sunday morning is just, a, it's a, it's a place of rest. Yeah. It's an oasis in a crazy season. Yeah. So I'm, I look cool. forward to it for that. Starting this year. weekend. Starting this weekend. When's Christmas music start this weekend? Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> you mean in the services? Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. Excited. Yeah, I'm very Do you have any excited. Requests? Uh, yeah, Christmas shoes. <laughs> <laughs> People laugh every time I say Christmas shoes, but because we've all heard it before. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm looking forward to that. We will be back. Uh, Barry, you're preaching this weekend. No, nope. I am. Oh, Dave's preaching this weekend. So yeah. you're coming back next week. Uh, yeah. Woo! Great. Let's all right. Talk about be back. That. Oh no. <laughs> bring, bring, <laughs> all right. bring some butternut squash. Yeah, we'll have next a next week to the pod. All right. Did you finish well, your Skittles? We can cut it. No, I don't want to take any <laughs> take any chances. All right. So until then, Marin, will you please send us out? Sure thing. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 